3, 2, 1, roll the footage. Welcome back everybody, I'm Simon Severino, your host, and today we talk to three times Amazon bestseller author of Speaking Your Truth, Entrepreneurs in an Entrepreneur's World, and Don't Be a Yes Chick. She has coached, consulted over 1,500 small businesses, and today we talk why it's hard to teach mindset and integrity, how to terminate with integrity, and how to enable an empowered employee. Welcome everybody, Molly McGrath. So cool to thank have Thank you for you. having me. Yeah, thank you, Simon. What are you currently creating, Molly? Well, uh, right now I am working on uh, creating and packaging my hiring process that we've used for 28 years, our smart hire, smart hire solution process. Um, that really beats out uh, recruiters across the country and lands entrepreneur rockstar employees and small businesses. So we're really uh, building out that entire online program so internal HR departments can use our process if it's not a good fit for them to hire an outside recruiter. Beautiful. And you have brought some tips for us. And uh, one is it's hard to teach mindset and integrity. It's easy to teach skills. Why? Well, I think uh, a few things. Most of us have not grown up in a coaching environment. And so coaching has by and large a, a very new street term and a, a new methodology and mindset that uh, human beings are starting to have awareness around number one and and entrepreneurs and business owners are starting to adopt. So in most homes, we're not trained then unless you do have a CEO environment and or a coach that raised you. And so most people come with employee mindset. You know, we've all been trained to show up to work, do a good job, put your head down, keep your mouth shut and collect your paycheck. And so it's difficult. However, if people have integrity and people have um, authenticity and you have an environment that adopts coaching and mindset and believes in it and pours into it and creates a culture of that, it is absolutely um, possible to train it, but it always starts from the top down. It starts with the, with the organization. So often I see people say they want leaders, they want employees who take ownership, they want um, people in their organization in their life that know what it means to step up and lead, to have your back and things of that nature. But saying I have is so go the coach, so go the coachee. And it, you need to have that if you are at the helm of your business, of your family, of your life. You need to be that person first and foremost and really take an authentic stock if that if you do have that. And then, then be able to build a culture in a world that includes people and surrounds people that have that same mindset. How often should... And in which way should these conversations be held? Um, I think consistently and persistently in every conversation that you have. Um, 
I build that in my organization and the companies that I serve as a fractional CFO and CMO for, I make certain of it. So I, I'm a big believer of having a weekly, what I call stakeholders meeting, where you do treat it like everybody in your business is a stakeholder, not necessarily their names on the door, they have capital up front and ha- making certain within that meeting, it's not all about measuring KPIs and revenues and workflow and things of that nature, but you do have at least a 15 minute component that really communicates and um, really grounds in the essence of your values and your coaching environment. And quite honestly, any conversation that I have with my employees, there's always a mindset and a coaching perspective of it. And a real quick drive-by tip of that is just really checking in with people. You have to remember you're hiring human beings versus human doings first and foremost. So it's the human stuff that typically destroys relationships or causes us to um, fire or quit. It's not the human doing stuff or the skill set or things of that nature. It always starts with the human being stuff. So I'm constantly checking in and just real quick is doing a mini debrief at the end of every conversation. Okay, great. Just want to check in, want to clarify and verify. What are you taking away from this on a scale of one to 10? How useful, how helpful was it? If they rated a five, what would make it a 10? What further information do you need to feel confident and competent to walk out of this meeting to go and just rock your day? Wow, that was a checklist right there. Uh, what we can do in each conversation and after each conversation. Beautiful. Thank you. And uh, one of the hard things is is really the being in the doing, right? Because we are all very active organizations, of course. And um, and there is there is an incentive in activity, in speed, in velocity. So how can we make sure we we still have the human being and not just the human doing in our awareness when we when when we deal with them oh i love that question and it it honestly is so incredibly simplistic but guess what we're entrepreneurs so we make everything heavy and hard (laughs) so uh you know i i say this is how simple it is get your employees and get within the framework of your business an employee growth plan. I just did a presentation on why the employee review must die. Just the terminology around performance reviews, it already creates a tremendous amount of anxiety around it. So I really shifted to an employee growth plan. I'd be happy to give my process to any of your listeners and getting that in a place where you're doing it quarterly not annually. And part of that process is once you start to create a culture of where your voice matters, your opinion matters, and we we not only want it, we depend on it. Within that growth plan, you have the employee do a self-evaluation of themselves and the company and the organization and their leaders and the resources. It breaks down every part of your business from your people to your process, to your production, to the profitability, depending on what role they sit in. And then you do an evaluation of them. And many of those questions are very much aligned with coaching and mindset questions and emotional intelligent questions. And then you come together and you treat it like a coaching session. And when you do that, 
and you give people a safe place to land and you give them the freedom of expression and you don't defend it or anything. It's just a coffee clutch. It's a conversation and you both walk out with a framework and a plan for them um, to soar, to meet their goals, to meet their key performance indicators. And you're doing that every quarter while in your weekly stakeholder, having each person just declare what their top three peak performance activities are each week, each day, what have you, which are in alignment and anchoring to that growth plan. When people have that, your employees not only will have your back, but they will take a bullet for you and your clients, coupled with an incentive-based compensation plan that they create. Because guess what? Employees will always ask for less than we think they will. And sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's time off. Sometimes let them create it and have ownership of it. And that's a way to keep it consistent and alive within your business, number one. And I don't love the term motivated, but that's just a term that resonates. And it's a way to keep your employees not only engaged and empowered, but motivated. Beautiful. One of the hardest conversations as an entrepreneur is determination conversation. We need to stop working together. And uh, there are many ways of doing it. But what is the way that you have found out to do it with integrity? Mm. When you have your weekly stakeholders meeting, when again, you have a coaching essence to it, and it's just one hour a week, it, it, it will save you so much time in your business. And, and each person is anchoring to their top three performance activities. They have their quarterly growth plan when they're not meeting it. And you have to finally sit down and have that conversation with them. It's no surprise. And it's not heavy and hard and it's a very short conversation and it's also a coaching conversation. So I do agree with this statement to some degree of um, hire slow, fire fast. And so when you have data to anchor to, facts without emotion, and you're, it's just not a feeling that you do, it is a very simple conversation. And most often they are relieved because they're very clear of your vision, of your mission, of the essence of your business, your expectations, what they can expect from you as a leader. If you're you know, blunt to the point, what have you, and unapologetic, unapologetic about it, but very, very clear up front. It's an easy conversation where you can anchor to that growth plan. You can anchor because you're consistently having conversations with them. So it's no longer a sit down meeting. It is actually a meeting that is very freeing for everybody. And I've witnessed it. I facilitated it. I've led it. And it's, I go in it with, you know, just when you're having that meeting, there's, it's no surprise to anyone and, and, or to the employee. And so that goes back to the importance of the stakeholder meeting every week. What is the agenda? What is the flow of that meeting? Yeah, great question. I mean, I, again, I'm happy to share any of my tools that I referenced today, um, but it, it's very clear. It's let, it's led and ran by the non-entrepreneur, which is really freeing for a business owner. I love that. I have my team leader. You don't need a high C-suite, CEO, COO, what have you. Um, we follow the agenda. Everyone has the agenda where you start off with wins, personal, professional, and then a thank you for somebody in your life you want to give a thank you to. Then you go into all your metrics where the people at the front of your house marketing and your client service department 
um, have reporting. So it's very, very laser focused where they're going through all the leads that come in, the conversions that came in and making certain that we're meeting our um, framework, our um, formula for success. I always say, so go your calendar, so go your cash flow. So the people in the front of the house are very responsible for your calendar, which impacts your cash flow. Then at each person in the company goes through their top three for the week, which again are anchoring to their um to their growth plan and very quickly they just communicate it and then they share where they need help and where they are already um, projecting that they're going to get taken off task so it's very proactive and they say where they need help where they're jammed up and then um, just really quickly what worked and what didn't work about last week so here were my top three for last week i only accomplished one and here's what took me off my game here's what took me and it's it this is liquid gold for an entrepreneur because it's telling you where people are delegating back up. It's telling you where you need your next hire. It's telling you where people are not hearing to systems and process. And it's telling you where people are not managing their time properly. So it's not from a place like your head's on the chopping block. It's from a place of deep discovery and deep curiosity. So your employees are not coming in there with a tremendous amount of shame or blame or embarrassment or finger pointing or what have you. They're coming in there with the business mindset and giving you raw data that's pointing to the holes in your business. And then you just go through the calendar, you go through production. And then obviously from that point, you go through a coaching. Most firms that I work with, I really insist that they read a book together. And so right now, all my firms are reading Rock, Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman, which is a phenomenal book. Um, and right now it's just, I mean, people's heads are popping like popcorn where they're really understanding the makeup of a visionary and their roles as integrators. Beautiful. So how long does that meeting um, um, take place? 60 minutes no matter it, depending on your team the average team that i work with has about a no about a team of 12 is the highest team that i'm working with so if you have more than that it's still you go back to traction by gina wickman another phenomenal book and he talks about the rocks meeting he talks about the stand-up meetings you treat it like a military stand-up meeting and it really should take no more if it's taking longer than 60 minutes then it's not being properly facilitated and led and people are not showing up prepared so as a team leader when people start to go into their you, you know who's showing up who is not prepared and you shut it down and you re keep reminding them and it probably takes two weeks to create a turnaround where the person's sick of showing up unprepared and that's the best way is to facilitate and lead it beautiful and they read a book together and they discuss it at the end of that meeting or is it another session yes nope you it's about 10 15 minutes where okay we're reading chapter one and chapter two and each person talk about what the highlight is and what they're taking away from that chapter it's not um it is a discussion and it's just to highlight the key points that we're taking away and 
the first week or two might be a little bumpy, but by the third week, and this is a beautiful way to instill mindset. This is a beautiful way to instill ownership and getting people on that same page and it really treating it like a same page meeting as well. So very quickly, what are our takeaways from the book this week? Each person has a little bit of a different perspective depending on the seat that they sit in on the bus within the organization, which is really refreshing because like, wow, I never thought about that because I'm in sales and you are in production. And that's a great way to think about it. And it impacts me to realize what how production sees things because I'm selling the product. I love this. And it ties really well to your third tip where we go on later, how to create empowered employees. Now we see really the mechanics in one single unit in the, in the meeting, in the weekly meeting, and all these principles apply there. But before we go there, you can pick one person who gets the strategy award. When everybody is zigging, this person is zagging. But from your perspective, um, this person is doing the right thing. Who do you pick? I thought hard about this and I would say I would pick uh, Kristen Gibwitz. Uh, she's my very, very first yoga teacher. And I've been practicing with her for 16 years now. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, everybody knows yoga studios, gyms, health clubs across the country got shut down. And a project that she had been toying with for a long time was an organization called the Living Soul Institute. And she'd play with it a little bit here and there. Pandemic occurred, shut down, and she absolutely um, pivoted hard. And she took that business and is now a full-blown institute with um, going from not only online yoga um, classes, but also she's created an entire yoga teacher training that she has completely sold out across the country. She has many different classes that she has partnered with other people all over the world in regards to meditation, mindset, everything within the um, um, health and wellness and mindset perspective. And she's just created an extraordinary organization that I have seen firsthand absolutely soar um, beyond imagine and belief. And she has created such a collaboration for other entrepreneurs in this space across the country and given them a platform to uh, really rise above and grow their own businesses. You have mentioned two books already, Gino Wickman, Rocket Fuel and Gino Wickman Traction. Is there another book that inspires you? Yeah, yes. The very first book I ever read, uh, probably about 30 years ago, um, that really transformed a lot for me as an employee, first and foremost, because I was an employee at that time. And then I constantly anchor to as an entrepreneur is Failing Forward by John Maxwell. Um, you know, I always say there's nobody harder on me than I am on myself. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that comment, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur. And that book really helped me to embrace failing and failure, whether it's a launch of an idea, a product, a marketing strategy, a business, what have you, hiring an employee that didn't work out. And the whole premise of it is your goal as a human being being is to fail often and to fail quickly. Mm. I would say that was one. And my second one I'd add to that really is something sitting here on my bookshelf that I have dog-eared and highlighted and sticky notes everywhere is um, Daring Bravely by Brene Brown. I'm just a huge fan of her. 
is is it about vulnerability? What did you take out from that book? Uh, you know, I love she kicks off the book with a, and I'm going to butcher it, and I'm not even going to try to Google search it with the Theodore Roosevelt um, quote about the man in the arena, and I think that quote is so um, can really, really, it just opened everything up for me for anybody who is passionate and anybody who is, you know, Tim Grover talks about this in his book, Unstoppable, anybody who's a cleaner, which is, it takes the definition of an entrepreneur or visionary and puts it, you know, on steroids, so to speak. So that book is constantly something that I'm referencing to when challenged with hard times or hard decisions, whether it be about employees, whether it be about making a decision or ending a business relationship or making the decision to take on a client that I know is not going to be a good fit for my organization. And it just is consistently really, really, truly giving, um, she has a saying in the book where she gives herself permission slips to not abandon herself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love in that book that talks about the greatest definition I ever heard of um, resentment is that when you're feeling frustrated and you're feeling resentful, it means that you've abandoned yourself. You've abandoned your standards, you've abandoned your uh, boundaries, and you have abandoned, so you have to look there first. And that that was a game changer for me. Wow. And um, the last point brings kind of everything together that we just discussed. How to enable empowered employees, not just employees. Did we, did we forget any facet of that that you want to add? No, I think, you know, I just outlined it in regards to creating a culture of coaching. Now, it's not everyone. And so often um, we care, we see something in somebody and they don't see it in themselves. They might not have the confidence. And as entrepreneurs, we, we want to create a business that, you know, gives everybody an opportunity to grow. And a lot of people, many people are not capable or able or aware to step up to that challenge. They can't even see it when you are trying to empower them, when you're trying to coach them, when you're trying to, you know, give them opportunity. And so creating that empowered employee, you will know when you have that weekly stakeholders meeting, when you have a coaching coaching environment, when you have an open door policy, when you have the quarterly growth plans, when you have team centric events where you're going bowling once a month or you're doing Zoom happy hours, if you have a virtual organization, what have you, you'll know the people that are empowered. So when you have that framework and you create these little tips that I gave you, here's how you know if you have an em empowered employee. You are certain in your bones that you've created a culture of that. You are certain in your bones as a leader, you are a coach and you, you do create a coaching culture and you do want to hear people's opinions. You do have an open door policy. You do try to um, appreciate everyone's perspective. But you still have those employees who are yes checks or yes mans. They just say yes to everything. 
they don't have a voice. They don't have some opinions. They don't use words like our clients. They don't use words like our business. They don't come to you saying, you know, I'm stressed out because we didn't get back to that client or a uh, client calls and they're upset or what have you. And they are really feeling responsible and worried and concerned, even if it has nothing to do with what they did. They don't use defensive language. They're coming to you. And when they see you and you're getting a cup of coffee or you're hopping in a Zoom meeting and you're talking about something and they use language like, hey, I was thinking, what do you think about when that's when you know you have an empowered employee. But if you have somebody who is consistently shaking their head, but not clarifying, verifying, or having some healthy pushback to say, have you considered this perspective? Or they don't have that empowered mindset, then you know it's time to, and, and not every employee is an empowered employee, maybe somebody who does your bookkeeping or your finance or your CFO. Those are typically very black and white individuals that are, they don't have time for this kumbaya stuff and you don't need them to. <laughs> so, you know, just really taking stock again of where you are and what you, what culture you bring, and then just really paying attention to the way people behave and their language, their excitement and their enthusiasm, and really just making certain, do I know need an empowered employee in this role or maybe you don't beautiful and you said at some point if you're a remote team have a happy hour i guess many people are going now we are a remote team how can we do a happy hour <laughs> oh i've seen so many creative things that people have done in regards to that where they have done um I mean, they get all get in the Zoom room and they're playing uh, Cards Against Humanity or they're whatever's appropriate for yours. Many cultures or, or many organizations have built in their country, culture, even with remote one, once a month where they're all getting in there and doing a two hour. It might be a book club. They might bring in an outside speaker. I've been asked to do that where I've come in for team building events and, you know, we're having wine or doing, you know, pints of beer or whatever, and everybody's having their snack. They have DoorDash. Everybody gets a DoorDash coupon or what have you. And we're all going to order Mexican, our local Mexican from wherever we're at or what have you. And then bringing in an outside coach or um, somebody in, in your group, everybody maybe once a month picking the fun thing that we're going to do. So are we going to all do a paint and sip thing? Or are we going to sometimes around the holidays or doing charity events where they're um, doing things from a give back perspective and things of that nature? Beautiful. There's no shortage of ideas in this. You can even Google search it and you will just get just pages and pages of ideas. Now people have really written some amazing articles on this. Beautiful. And we Google happy hour team team happy hour. Pardon. And what do people Google to find it? A team happy Vir hour? Yeah. Virtual happy uh, they hour? Can do virtual team happy hours, virtual team building events, Zoom um, team building events, um, and you will get no shortage of ideas. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Molly. And where do you hang out? Where can people book you as a coach? Yes, absolutely. You can find me on my website. It's probably the easiest. All my social channels are on there, what have you. It's uh, www.hiringandandempowering.com. 
You can subscribe. We drop a new podcast every Tuesday. Um, every Thursday, we drop a new blog and you can just get uh, subscribe to our feed, follow us on our social channels and um, by all means on my contact page. If you want any of the tools that I shared today or if you want me to hop on, there's a link to my calendar for a 30 minute complimentary free coaching session. Happy to help any of your listeners in any way, shape or form that I can. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing your journey, your wisdom with us and even your tactics. And uh, who should be my next guest? Oh, I thought about that hard too. I'm like, who should be your next guest? I think you should have Jen Eads and I'll give you her contact of Brassy Broad Podcast. She's my podcast editor and she, oh my, you got to follow her on Instagram. She's doing some phenomenal trailblazing work in the production and podcasting in the industry. Um, she's just a rock star. Super cool. And thank you so much, Molly. Molly McGrath, oh, everybody, you. go grab her books, Speaking Your Truth, Entrepreneurs in an Entrepreneur's World. Don't be a yes chick. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much and keep rolling. Thank you, Simon. So fun. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.